say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the fans joining me now is dave oliveri co-host and reporter and all-around great guy dave good evening how are you don i'm wonderful as much as i hate to say it i've been a busy person i'm going to continue to be busy we try to get everything out there as much as we can as the season dwindles down for wrapping on racing Busier than a one-armed paper hanger with poison ivy, and the only people that would understand that is people old enough to know what a paper hanger is. <laughs> hey, we got a good show planned for tonight. Our guests include Rush wingless sprint car driver Jeremy Weaver, sprint car driver John Garvin Jr., and go-kart winner and junior sprint driver Cale Schwartzmiller. Well, one of the things we want to do is, as I'm out and about, and as often as you can get out, we need the listeners to email us at wrappingonracing at gmail.com. If there's a driver that you want to do to us to try to get an interview with, believe me, I think we've gotten pretty much everybody this year. But with some big races coming up, there may be some of the likes of John and Davenport, Bobby Pierce, uh, whomever. We, if you want an interview, you don't, you got to let us know because we can't read your mind. Also, we want to let them know that uh, we'll have two shows in October, and then in November we will switch to our once a month, the first Monday of each month throughout the entire winter. So we got a lot of territory to cover, and your help would be appreciated. We have Victory Lane interviews with Rush Late Model driver Ben Police, Stephen Sheltman, the winner of the Hobby Stock 1000 to Win Invitational at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, the 358 late model driver John Lee, and fast track crate late model driver Brett Trimble. If you miss any of Monday's program, you can go to wrappingonracing.com. You can listen 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and 365 days in the year. Don, as always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number one, Cochrane Automotive, Jennerstown Speedway, along with Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, and Toma Meat Market. Also, I want to thank Dave, not only as a reporter, but as a co-host, plus Lenny Baticki, Howie Bayless, Jim Ballantyne, Julie Coates, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Mike Lisikoski, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to our senior engineers and our technical advisors, 
Bill Korch, Ted Lusick, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. Dave, a lot of racing this past weekend, and you were at most of the races. Why don't you kick things off with Lernerville? Will Thomas in the late models picking up his first career win in that division. Eric Rudolph continuing his winning ways when he comes to Lernerville. Max Stanbaugh, his first win at Lernerville Speedway. And in the Pro Stock Division, Jason Fosnott, his first win in quite some time at the Speedway, Don. It was interesting to see Stambaugh in the number 97 sprint car. I don't recall seeing that there before. And as you said, I think maybe his uh, first trip there in a long time. It was. I mean, the only time I really, you know, Max pretty much runs the Ohio area, and, and he was up in Tri-City early in the season and picked up a win there. So when he comes to the western Pennsylvania area, he's always a force to be reckoned with. You know, we were watching the, the races on the uh, TV uh, show that Lernerville has, and they're doing a great job with that. And when Rudolph pulled out, I think I said to the people in uh, the Carnahan Media Center, who do you think will be second? And I got a couple of strange looks uh, from some of them. But uh, Eric, is he's the man to beat when the Modifieds are there. Yeah, he is. He's like the, the, the times that he's been here. The last few years, he's like the Matt Williamson. So we have Matt that leaves, and now Eric's coming back. And so our local drivers, when the, the number 25 pulls into the pits, they know they got a chore uh, out of them for the evening. Howie Bayless sent us the results from Lake Trobe in the 358 late models. It was John Lee. Brett Trimble scored in the fast track crates. The pro stock winner was Jamie Barber. Pure stock winner, Anthony Montepart, and four cylinders went to Ed Leonard. Uh, Hess wins night, one of the September sweeps at Erie Speedway. Wright wins the Economod Series finale. The first night at the 8th annual September sweep was filled with awards and excitement for the top five cars in each class, receiving honors and plaques on the front straightaway prior to the feature events. You notice a lot of speedways are going to this scenario as opposed to banquets, uh, be it uh, cost, uh loss of interest you know some of the guys uh, if you got six or eight people on your pit crew the, the banquet tickets might cost you as much as a, uh, a freshen up on your motor so they've they're getting away from that and it's not a bad idea because not only you're honoring them in front of their fans and in front of the competitors where at a banquet you're just honoring them in front of their crew so i i think it's a good idea the champions included dave hess jr his fifth super late model championship daryl bosser was the champ in the rush late models randy hall the top gun in the e-mods john boardman the street stock champion bob vaught in the econo mods and chris horton in the challengers the Erie Sweeps was a two-day event, and on the second day, Boom Briggs was the man picking up the wins in both the late model and the crate late models. In the E-Mod, it was Mike McGee. The Street Stocks was John Borman and Mark Lawrence and the Challengers, and we didn't have any results for the Economods as of the time of taping. At Thunder Mountain Speedway, Gail Huey scored in the late models. In the semi-lates, it was Rich Wicker, Kyle Lucon, no stranger to Victory Lane, but this time in the Super Sixes. And in the Pure Stocks, it was Bryce Swagger and Jeff Huber, the, the winner in the four cylinders. 
want to congratulate the 2020 Thunder Mountain champions. In the late models, Matt Lux picking up the top spot. Rich Wicker was the champion in the semi-lates. Tim Steis was the main man in the pure stocks. And in the four cylinders, it was Jeff Huber. Don, we, we talk about results. And all year, we've talked about Kyle Larson. I think Central PA may be Kyle's new home. Just uh, the caps laid a couple things that Cal did this week. At Lincoln Speedway was an invitational or a memorial race, I'm sorry. It was a $6,900 payday. That was his 37th win. The next night he went over to Bath Speedway, again, first place, win number 38. Williams Grove must have had an off night, Don. Only finished third in, on the podium. <laughs> then at Lincoln Speedway on Saturday night, a $20,000 win. But more importantly, 39 wins on the season. Unbelievable. Well, I I know the sprint car competitors are going to be happy because speculation is that he's going to end up in the 48 car at Hendrick uh, Motorsports. So these sprint guys are probably can't wait for that to happen. It it truly is. And, you know, while we're talking about – Sprint cars. Just to let our listeners know, as the season's dwindling down, we still have some racing that's out there. We also have some special events. And we, you had just mentioned uh, Thunder Mountain and the champions from Thunder Mountain. This coming Friday and Saturday, the World of Outlaw Late Models are going to be making their first appearance uh, up at the Speedway. And should be two nights of great racing and, and, and huge crowds anticipated. But then back at Lernerville Speedway, for our sprint car fans, the World of Outlaw sprint cars are going to be there for the for their season finale in, in Pennsylvania. And, Don, maybe, just maybe, and again, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but we might see that 57 of Kyle Larson uh, in the pits at Lernerville. So we'll all keep our fingers crossed. Well, then my question would be the same as when Rudolph was there. Who do you think will finish second? Uh, His brother-in-law, Brad Sweet. (laughs) Okay. Dave, (laughs) great report. I want to thank you. You have a nice evening. You do the same as well, Don. This is the Banker Bob Thought for September twenty-first, two 2020. Did you ever notice that the older you get, the earlier it gets late? This portion of today's program is brought to you by number one, Cochrane Automotive. Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one. Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Wreckers, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales, Farmers Union Co-op, Somerset Trust Company, Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer, Kenny Ross Chevrolet, and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season. Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway champions, late model champion Albert Francis, modified champion Anthony Aiello, street stock champion Casey Flegel, charger champion Dale Kimberly, four-cylinder champion Jeff Vassos. And a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021. 
racers, race fans, or campers. Are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. And now more Rapid on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Mike Lusikowski. Finch joining us now from the Jennerstown Speedway is Mike Lusikowski. Mike, I understand it was a big night. Well, Don, you are exactly right. Saturday night closed out the season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, and as bittersweet as that statement is, the fans turned out in unbelievable numbers on a very, very chilly evening. You know, the elevation of the mountain, as we say, uh, does create a little bit different weather than most of the Pittsburgh region has, uh, and it was an uncomfortably chilly evening but the fans knew that they wanted to watch the championships come down to the wire in two divisions of the five-division racing on Saturday night, and a huge crowd was there, so we'll jump right into the results. For the second time in the Martellus Pharmacy's late-model division of racing in 2020, home track favorite Barry Audi celebrated in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane. Other winners on Armed Forces Appreciation Night presented by Pro Disposal included Tom Golick in the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds, Casey Flegel in the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks, rookie Kyle Burkholder in the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, and Evan Nybert in the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four Cylinders. The divisional champions of the Jennerstown Speedway were also crowned, and earning 2020 titles were Albert Francis in the late model division, Anthony Aiello in the modified division, Casey Flegel in the street stocks, Dale Kimberly in the chargers, and Jeff Vassas in the four cylinders. After Gary Wiltrout, Teddy Gibala, and Albert Francis won the preliminary heat races, the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division 30-lap feature race began with championship contender Barry Audi taking the lead. Starting the race from the pole position, Audi entered the final race night eight points behind in the championship standings. Francis, leading the championship points chase, started the race in 10th place. The most recent winner, Gibala, also in championship contention, started in 12th position, trailing by only nine points in the standings. Before lap one was completed, a nine-car crash was triggered when multi-car contact caused recent winner Joe Maruca to spin in turn one. All three drivers atop the point standings avoided damage, and all the drivers involved in the incident were uninjured. On the restart, Audi ran off from all challengers, leading by a comfortable margin. 
By lap four, Gibala had advanced to fourth place, with Francis racing in the sixth position. Second-year late-model competitor Jared Barclay has looked poised for his first victory in recent weeks. A former winner in the modified division, Barclay held the runner-up spot until the midpoint of the race. Gibala, the leading winner of 2019, grabbed second position from Barclay on lap 15. Four laps later, Francis passed Barclay for third spot, placing all three title contenders in the top three of the running order. Although Gibala advanced 10 positions, he was never able to gain on leader Adi. Gibala, a former street stock champion, won twice in 2020 and remained a threat for the division crown all season. But Adi's lead was insurmountable, and Gibala closed out his season with a second-place run. Adi, a five-time Jennerstown champion, did everything he could on the final night of action to try and earn more points toward the title. Adi led every lap of the feature race, pulling away from the competition and scoring his second victory of the year. Adi is the all-time leading winner at Jennerstown, steering the Wheeler Family Show Cattle, Stoystown Auto Wreckers Pizza Hut Chevrolet. The official top five finishers in the race were Adi, defending champion Gibala, Francis, Barclay, and Maruka, who recovered from the early collision. The 2020 Jennerstown Speedway champion is Albert Francis of Painesville, Ohio. The youngest champion in recent history, Francis won all but one heat race during the season and led all others in the feature win column, scoring three victories in his first full year of Jennerstown competition. Francis's rack hunter, Habco Tools, Francis Engineering Chevrolet, was strong all year and concluded the season four points ahead of Audi and seven points ahead of Gabala to earn the title. Adam Kostelnik spun from the front row at the start of the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modified's 20-lap feature race, collecting multi-time winner R.J. Delappi. Kostelnik, one of the all-time leading modified winners in the region, was finished for the night. Rookie John Fama led the first official lap, but recent winner Tom Golick grabbed the lead on the second circuit. Golick, the most veteran driver in the field, stretched out his lead running far away from Fama in the early stages of the race. Anthony Aiello started in 10th position and climbed to 4th spot by the midpoint of the race. Aiello and racing Jason Bush then had a spirited battle for 3rd place for the remainder of the event. Golick, who earlier in the night donated metal military art to armed forces service members in attendance, dominated the remainder of the feature. A former dirt track champion, Golick notched his second victory of 2020, driving unchallenged to the checkered flag. Fama enjoyed a career-best second-place finish to close out his freshman year of Jennerstown Racing. Bush held on to third position with Aiello finishing fourth. Rookie and former dirt track late model ace Doug Glessner placed fifth. Fama and Golick also won the heat races earlier in the night. Aiello scored the 2020 Modified Division Championship, defending his reign on the strength of four victories this season. The former street stock champ and charger winner has now earned three consecutive modified division titles. With the championship title on the line, the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks 20-lap feature race started with points leader Casey Flegel grabbing the lead from the pole starting spot. Former champion Josh Kokenauer grabbed second position early after launching from the fifth spot on the grid. Kokenauer began reeling in leader Flegel as championship contender Aaron Van Fleet advanced from the 12th starting spot. 
Although Kokenauer stayed on leader Flegel's rear bumper and made the event exciting, Flegel never surrendered the top spot. Van Fleet climbed into third position on lap five, needing to finish ahead of Flegel to defend his title of street stock champion. When the checkered flag was displayed, the top five finishers in the race were Flegel, Kokenauer, three-time winner Van Fleet, veteran Scott Mitchell, and rookie Jeff Barclay. Flegel and Van Fleet also won the heat races. Flegel, who has won in four-cylinders, chargers, and street stocks, earned the title of 2020 street stock champion by a slim margin of 10 points over Van Fleet. Flegel also posted a division-leading win total of six trophies during the 2020 campaign. Rookie Kyle Burkholder took the lead at the start of the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers 15-lap feature race. A former dirt track ace, Burkholder started from second position and impressively defended his lead from the early race challenges of Dale Kimberly. Kimberly started from the pole position as the leading race winner of 2019 and 2020. Having already clinched the title of 2020 champion, Kimberly made repeated inside lane challenges for the top spot. Then a restart with six laps to go placed the lead duo side by side for the green flag. Burkholder never surrendered the lead, as the previous week's winner Steven Singo began to challenge Kimberly for second place late in the going. When the checkered flag waved, Burkholder earned his first victory on a paved racetrack as a freshman, joining his grandfather Bob Arsenberger as Jennerstown winners. Kimberly finished second, with Singo placing third. Teenage rookie Will Hemminger finished fourth, and veteran Bob Mostaller earned fifth place. Kimberly and Cody Gaynor won the heat races. Kimberly, a six-time winner this year, retains the title of champion, just as he did in 2018 and 2019, earning the most points in the division for three straight years. Former champion Steve Settle led the first two laps of the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four-Cylinders 15-lap feature race. A multi-division Jennerstown winner, Settle lost the lead on a restart before the halfway point of the race to another former champion, Evan Nybert. Nybert then ran away from Jeff Vassos, who grabbed second place from Settle. Vassos secured the title of 2020 champion before the race even began, but was not able to keep pace with race leader Nybert. With nearly a straightaway advantage over all challengers, Nybert increased his division-leading win total to four trophies, again parking in Stoney's victory lane. Vassos, a rookie and now champion, finished in second place in the race ahead of Settle. The ever-improving Lance Shawley finished fourth, and popular Curtis Frampton earned a top-five finish. Nybert and previous week's feature winner Michael Saylor were the heat race winners. Vassos finished the year 57 points ahead of all others in the standings, having a dominant rookie season on pavement. Well, Don, that closes out the 2020 racing schedule at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. The only event remaining in 2020 will be the awards banquet to hand out all of the championship hardware and reward those drivers who earn top 10 positions in the final point standings. At this point, a date and a venue have yet to be announced, but at some point in the coming weeks, we will keep the fans updated with all of the information and preparation for that awards banquet to celebrate a fantastic 2020 racing season. Mike, I don't think the management or Billy Rebar could be happier. It sounded the night wrapped up in excellent fashion as the entire season has been. Just outstanding. You know, with the delayed and, and rocky start to every form of sport in 2020, 
the staff and management of Jennerstown Speedway were so determined to have a season that felt normal. And it really did. You know, for all the restrictions and all the lifestyle changes that people have had to make, one night a week for me, Saturday night, life was absolutely normal. As Jennerstown Speedway had normal starting times, normal hours, a normal schedule of races once we hit the month of June, uh, and, and I don't think it could have gone better on a final night. As that big crowd, you could almost see the wheels turning, Don, as the three championship contenders first avoided a major melee on the racetrack, and you could almost see everybody computing the math as Francis would pass one car, and Audi was out in front with two points separating each position, and Gabala getting to second. It, it was really fun to watch three drivers who are all title-worthy duking it out on the racetrack with each other in the top three positions on the final night of racing. It couldn't have been scripted any better, Don. Excellent report. I thank you. You have a nice evening. You do the same, Don. We'll talk to you next week. This portion of today's program was brought to you by number one, Cochrane Automotive. Thomas Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724 352 2020. That's 724 352 2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your host Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, it was the inaugural Keystone Coach Works Hobby Stock Invitational. Now, the hobby stocks normally run at PPMS for $125 to win, a bag of chips, a trophy, and down the road they go. This time... $1,000 to win thanks to Zrim's Tire and Automotive and Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks and a big help from Vince Laboon putting this whole thing together. Started off the evening, though, with the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. And uh, after a really nasty, ugly crash, Josh Stoika getting on his roof in the uh, very early stages of the race. Things got underway, and from lap five all the way almost to the end went green to checkered. And in the end, it was Ben Police once again, our 20 2019 champion back once again in victory lane at PPMS. Garrett Powell right behind him. Logan Zarin, Mike Refton, Tim Schaefer rounded out the top five. Now, Schaefer wasn't driving his normal 45. He was in the 1ST car, the Ken Manicki car, normally driven by Christian Schneider should be noted that Schneider, who finished ninth, was in his it was in the M5 car. That normally the car that car normally rather is the 33X of Eric Hamilton Jr. Now Hamilton's owned the car. They relettered it the M5 or Mach 5, which of course was Schneider's number from years back. Anyway, Bill Kessler finished sixth. Dave Goebel in the 20G finished seventh, and Tony White then Christian Schneider in the Mach 5, and DJ Nakutis rounded out the top ten. Never a dull moment in victory lane. When the your winner Ben Police winds up there, and he came to the attention of Dave Oliveri and did not disappoint in Victory Lane. Race fans, put your hands together for your deal late models, Ben Police. Congratulations! Thank you. It's not often that I get to see a champion and a Victory Lane winner all in the same evening. I take. From a driver's standpoint, Ben, we had that first lap red flag, and then we had, then we hit the lights went out. When you're sitting in the car for that length of time, what goes for you, or what preparation do you try to do to keep focus? Because we were, we were only like two laps into the race. I'm, I'm just in there, you know, talking to my dad, saying, hey, you know, come on, let's get this rolling, let's get going. You know, the first lap we went in there, and it really didn't, it really didn't stick that good. So I was. I was kind of nervous we weren't going to have too good of a car, but, uh, you know, then we started going. We felt good, and then lights went out, and just that long break, it just, oh, it, it's horrible sitting in there just waiting. Did the tires during that break, Ben, did they, for any chance, like, glaze over, or do you try, how do you get heat back after, you know, sitting for that 15 minutes or so? Yeah, I think I think they might have glazed a, a little bit because it was, it was just kind of hanging out in the corners, and, you know, Sean was just telling me I had the same same little bit of lead, and I was just running it for everything I, I could give that thing. And then, you know, with the late restart, and I knew Zaren was on the inside. He's been, you know, he came from 12th, so I just I was just trying to hang in on there. And I running it, I was going to take the wall down or win, one or the other. It seemed like you could really put the car anywhere. When you caught Bill, you came off at turn four, and this car literally, no pun intended, was a rocket coming down the front straightaway. Yeah, it's been, you know, on the nights that the shock's holding up, it's working good. We've had, we broke his shock three times and just, you know, little things here and there. But, uh, you know, all in all, I'm, I'm really thankful. We've, we've, uh, we ran a pretty good season so far. So far this evening, we got to celebrate your 2019 championship. We got a lot of, a lot of crew and uh, team members here in Victory Lane. The big one coming up in two weeks during the Pittsburgher. How's Ben preparing for that one? Uh, you know, we're going to do our normal thing, 
you know, me and Sean are going to bitch at each other, drink beer in the garage, and, uh, you know, just just uh, it's good to have everybody here tonight, too. I mean, I, I had so many nerves because I, I seen it, so much family that was here tonight, and that, that makes it worse. I like whenever nobody comes to watch me. There's, there's no, no, uh, no issues then. I'm going to give you one last thing for the evening. Here's your feature winner from Hoosier Tire. Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, your winner in the deal automotives, Rush Lay Models, Ben Police. David, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. There is nothing like a Ben Police victory lane celebration. We go back to a few years ago when he grabbed the mic out of my hand, fell to one knee with an engagement ring, and proposed to his fiance. Every year, the producer's supply bus comes down, and all of his fans from where he worked and his primary sponsor come down. Always a blast when Ben Police is in victory lane. Then things got underway for the 20-lap Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stock Invitational for $1,000 to win. The heat races went to Frank McGill, Adam Faree, and Stephen Sheltman. The six-lap dash to determine the starting order for the 20-lap 1,000-to-win feature event went to Cody Catellus in the 1K car. But when it was all done, after a fierce battle, four-way battle between Adam Faree, Cody Catellus, Frank McGill, and Stephen Sheltman. Sheltman once again comes out on top. Uh, champion for the last two or three years is Sheltman. Several victories under his belt and really despondent after last week's motor issues. He thanked A.J. Poljack for everything he did, getting him back on the track in that 17S car, and it paid off big with a big $1,000 check thanks to Keystone Coachworks, Rims Automotive, and again, all the work that Vince Laboon put into this race. Steven Sheltman pulls away your winner. Cody Catellis came in second, the Dash winner. Adam Faree third, Frank McGill fourth, Marcus Simmons coming in with a nice top five for Marcus Simmons. Then Kayla McManus, Brian Hutchko in the OU2 car, finishing seventh, John Kane, Matt Bernard, and James Huff rounding out the top ten. When it was all said and done, it was Stephen Sheltman talking with Dave Oliveri in victory lane. Last week, you had some misfortune, and I... I came over to the car and I talked to you. I haven't seen you that down in a long time. And you went out in your dad's car and you ran because you didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, we had you on the front straightaway earlier this evening as a three-time defending champion. And you've supported this division since day one. You and your dad, your division sponsor from what your business to have Vince and Zrims come on board and put a thousand dollar to win race together for you, and, and it's kind of appropriate because you got the bag of chips on the car. So I don't think those are ever going to be eaten. But when I talked to you earlier this afternoon, you told me you took the car back, and there was nothing that you could do to save the motor from what you had last week. You basically had a catastrophic failure. And AJ Poljack, I mean, I see that sitting on the, on on the on the door there. You wouldn't be here tonight if it wouldn't be for AJ. No, absolutely not. This is 100%. The reason why I'm standing here right now is AJ Poljack. He, uh, I was Sunday morning. I was deflate, completely deflated because I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, Cody Catellus, Frankie McGill, Adam Free. I knew how fast they were all going to be, so I figured, you know what, 
Uh, I, I didn't think I was going to be standing here the rest of 2020, but uh, I woke up to a phone call at uh, 9.30 on Sunday morning, and AJ said, come meet me at your shop. I got your other motor, and uh, I, I was just in complete shock. I know they're going to go back and cube it, which is fine. They got to do what they got to do, but uh, I can't wait to see what everyone thinks when they find out there's a 327 in this car. Last week, we'll, we'll put that behind it because you guys don't normally do that, but normally we're used to seeing the 17S jump to the lead immediately. Now, you had to start back. I think you had, what, a fifth or sixth place starting position. Yeah, and you finally caught the leader on lap 12. And I think this little 327, I don't know if you had to ride the rubber bands up, but uh, I, I saw you were running against the wall, but you could also run in the middle, which that's normally not a Stephen Sheltman line. No, normally that's never my line. Uh, honestly, I don't know what I'm going to do for next year. I mean, the starts are kind of hard, but AJ said if you want to run this, he goes, it might be the ticket. Honestly, the lower power coming out of the corners gave me the traction. And uh, it was really nice racing with Cody and Frankie. I know Cody and I had a little run in at the beginning of the year, but uh, I put that past me because Cody and his family are great people, and he was brought up real well. He was taught to race with respect, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, the same with Frank McGill. I've known them for a couple years now. Frankie's almost like a little brother. He's an awesome kid, and he races hard, and we all put on one heck of a show for the fans, and I'm just I'm still speechless that I'm standing here because I had about probably a 5% expectation of being here tonight. Stephen, we got to wrap things up here. I see your number one fan here is in victory lane. This one, you might have to put this feature winner sticker, you might have to put a little special italic on that and maybe a little 1,000 over top of that. Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, your winner in the Zrims Auto Service, 20-lap hot stock presented by Keystone Auto Works, Stephen Sheltman. The Wee Willie White Memorial for the Admar Pro Stocks. Big uh, 500 to win show for the Pro Stocks. Not a Penn, Ohio race, but a big race nonetheless. Also, a topless show for the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models with a 1,000 to win on the line for them as well, including our other uh, three divisions after that, plus the Rush Sportsman Modified, all coming up on the 26th of September. And then, once again, we keep saying it, it's October 2nd and third normally it's how we wrap up the season we did add another date after the second and third but second and third is the pittsburgher 100 the 32nd annual version of the classic the pittsburgher 100 and that comes up on october 2nd and third keep in touch with everything having to go having to do rather with ppms by going to ppms.com for wrapping on racing i'm jim zufall this portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. 
Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission, just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, joining us now is sprint car driver John Garvin, Jr. John, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I guess it was destiny that you were going to get into racing. Uh, Your dad ran street stocks, limited lates, and late models. And uh, your family business is practically adjacent to Lernerville Speedway's ball fields. Uh, When did you first become aware of racing? How old were you when when dad was racing? Um, You know, he was racing when I was born. So I, I don't I can't tell you exactly when I started to remember going to the racetrack or anything, but you know there's pictures out there of me being just a little guy and uh, being at the racetrack or by a, a race car. Back in the early days, did Dad drive his car to the track? I know Charlie Holbin did that. Did, did your dad ever do that? You know I I. I don't know, to be totally honest with you. I know Charlie did do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd have to ask him. Yeah. Now, your first jobs in racing, were you a mud scraper? Um, no, to be <laughs> honest. I was just a, a fan. You know, I would always go with my aunt, sit up in the stands, and um, I'd watch all the races. I really didn't go into the pits a whole lot back then you couldn't go in as a kid right and um you know he i think i don't know 94 95 or something he retired and um you know that was about the age where i could start to go in the pits so it didn't uh, line up that way so i was just in the stands all the time now did a lot of guys do go-karts did you do anything prior to the circle track racing um i did i think Two years ago, carts. Yeah. And then when you first started out, and I remember you in a late model. Obviously, I remember you in a sprint mm-hmm. car. Did you do any of the support divisions prior to the late model? No. So you just nope. j- jumped into the deep water. Now, I yeah. I know you visited Victory Lane on multiple occasions in a late model. Uh, what made mm-hmm. you decide to change from the late model to the sprint car? Um... You know, I always thought sprint cars were neat looking. You know, I always, um, I, I don't want to say I always thought about maybe driving one, but I always thought that they were pretty cool. Um, I, to be totally honest with you, I have no idea how it really transpired, but somehow it did. I don't know. I was getting tired of... Um, not, I was getting tired of getting stuff wrinkled up in the late model class, and it, it felt like, or I felt like there was no respect in that class. Um, and it, if you watch the sprint car guys, everyone gets along. You know, if, if they crash, it's not because it's intentional. Um, it, it's just a, a different deal, and uh, I just I wanted to try it. 
Well, actually, that's the reason A.J. Flick went into a sprint car uh, instead of staying in a full-body car. He was going to school, and he said, I don't have time to come home on a weekend and pound out body panels and put them back on the car. So uh, a lot of good thinking Mm -hmm. there. How long were you in the late model? I'd say six years, maybe. And then when you finally did decide to make the change, I understand your wife, Liz, was the one that owned the sprint car. Am I on the right page here? Uh, I would say we both owned it. You know, I don't know. She put some of her money into it. I obviously put pretty much all of mine into it. So you could say it was both. Now, I remember interviewing you uh, several years ago uh, at Mercer, and I said, why did you pick number 51? And I'd like you to share that Mm -hmm. with the listeners. Um, Well, Liz is a big Stevie Smith fan, and he drove the 51 car. And at the time, when I first got the sprint car, there was a bunch of number fours. So it was kind of... Uh, an easy pick to to go with that number, um, even though it's not my number, really. Yeah. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to John Garvin Jr., former super late model driver, current sprint car driver. Now, when you went from the 51 to the 4J, um, what, uh, what brought that about? Um, nothing really other than I wanted to go back to the number I always had, that was the number my dad had, and um, n- nothing nothing too major. I just wanted to go back to what I normally have done in the past. You know, uh, I remember uh, years ago uh, uh, interviewing one of the fellows, he was doing late models and sprints, and he said the transition was like getting out of a school bus into a sprint car. Um uh, what kind of a, an adjustment did you have to make when you got out of the super and into the sprint? Oh, it's a it's a big adjustment. Um, you know, I the first sprint car I ran was my brother in law's, and it was uh, the Stampede at uh, fifteen or sixteen, maybe. Um, but. I can remember it being totally different and not doing any good. And I think that year they had the wingless sprints and then the wing cars. So I ran both, and I was a lot more comfortable in the wingless deal just because it was maybe, if I'm going to say it was more like a late model, even though it's totally not, but just the way it felt, um, I was more comfortable with the wingless car. Now... I've tried to go back to wingless a couple times, and I absolutely hate it. So, but the the difference is unreal. It's not even comparable at all. Now you mentioned your brother-in-law. So, how about if we explain who he is and what kind of an effect that has on your sprint car racing? Well, that's he's Brandon Mattis. Um, you know, we don't um, he. I mean, he's helped me. You know, Brent, his dad has helped me, and um, it's hard. I I don't know if they can really help me as much as I need to help myself just because of 
coming from a late model to a sprint car, I can't, ex- you know, I explain to them, like, how my driving style is. My driving style is so the late model world, and I'm trying, I'm still trying to this day to get to where I'm fully a sprint car guy, but sometimes it's just I drive like a late model, so my setup's got to be totally different because I don't drive like you probably should, and so it's kind of hard for, for them to help me setup-wise, but they definitely have given me ideas on what to do and how I should be driving. Listeners, we're going to need to take a break. We'll be back with more discussion with John Garvin Jr. after these messages. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one. Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Wreckers, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales, Farmers Union Co-op, Somerset Trust Company, Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer, Kenny Ross Chevrolet, and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season. Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway champions, late model champion Albert Francis, modified champion Anthony Aiello, street stock champion Casey Flegel, charger champion Dale Kimberly, four-cylinder champion Jeff Vassos, and a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021. All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to John Garvin Jr., the driver of the number 4J Sprint Car. A little bit about your car. Uh, what kind of chassis, engine? What's uh, what's all the specs on your car? Um, it's a Maxim car with a Kistler engine. Um, I got uh, Kaminar. Chad Kaminar drives one of my cars. It's also a Maxim car, Kistler engine. Um now, that brings up a good point. How did uh, Kemenaw end up in your second car? Um, well, we ran the All-Stars for one year because I just loved to travel. So we went and did the All-Stars. Not that I should have done it just because I didn't have any experience and wasn't up to speed, but it's just something I like to do. So went on the All-Star tour. And, um, I ran, started talking to... Brian Kamenaw, and he also he works at Kistler's, so I was getting my motors and parts through him, and then that's how I met Chad, and Chad and I just hit it off. We just, I don't know, we 
we just became good friends right away. And um, he he was driving for Rob Hunter, and I don't know there was something going on there, and he they weren't going to go to Charlotte. And I called him and I told him he can take my car if he wants to go to Charlotte. So at that time, I only had I think I had two cars. Um, but I told him just to take all my stuff and go if he needed, you know, if he wanted to go. And then that's pretty much how that started. Then the next year, um, you know, he started running my car. Now, does he live around here? Because uh, I'm guessing your cars, they're housed in Sarver. Where, where does Chad live? He's in Ohio, Elveda, Ohio. So does he just meet you at the track or does... One of the cars. No, stay? I have. I got my toter home and my big trailer out there with two cars out there, and then I have actually borrowed a truck off of Sylvan and uh, his truck and trailer, and I've been using it. And I have a car on the frame back here. Now you mentioned Sylvan, Sylvan Eastler. He does so much for local racing, and he sponsored a lot of guys, and he's just. He's a great guy. I mean, my first met Sylvan, I had an old uh, motorhome, and I was at Mercer, and uh, I knew he was in a generator business, and I said, Sylvan, I can't get my generator to work. Can you look at it? And I, I didn't even know where it was. So he opens up the side, and he started laughing. I said, what's the matter? He said, the reason it won't work is you don't have one. <laughs> and, and, and the next week, he brought one and put it in. And he wouldn't take any money for yep. it. He's just an amazing guy. That's just the guy. type of guy he is. Yeah. Um, I also, at similar story, I had uh, my generator in my toter home was acting up. And I took it over to him. Never met the guy. Uh, took it over to him. And he looked at it. And he fixed it. And I went and picked it up. said, how much do I owe you? Nothing. I said, like, this, like that's not right. Like, I got to yeah. give you something. Yeah. And then... Um, but what a great guy he is. He's I mean, amazing. I, I talk to him, I don't know, a couple times a week. Um, I usually stop over on Fridays. And it's just a, he's the type of guy you just want to, you could talk to him for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah. He Well, his dad was big into drag racing. And uh, I guess he mm-hmm. in, inherited his love of uh, cars and motors and sports because of that. Um, now, in addition to Sylvan, uh, and Alternative Power Sources being a sponsor. Who else is involved with your team? Um, well, obviously my, my dad in the scrapyard and um, Lyuna, Champion Oil, Gill Construction, um, Kistler, Baltimore Meats. I mean, these, these people are all based out of Ohio. I guess Kistler, the, that's the way to go on a motor. They're very successful. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of different ones out there, but, um, you know, Kistler's definitely one of the top ones for sure. How about your pit crew? Who uh, turns the wrenches on the car? Um, I got A.J. Havens uh, works on Chad's car in Ohio, and then Brian Hank and Casey Collins work on my car back here with me. Didn't did Brian Hank used to race? Yeah, he raced um a crate late. Yeah. 
So you got someone that understands, and whether it's tires, pressure, setups, whatever, at least you're yeah. not talking to a novice. Um, yeah, no, both um, both Hank and and Casey know, um, you know what they're what's going on. It's not like uh, that, you know they don't know anything. Now. Uh, this coming weekend, the Outlaws are going to be at, Lor- at Lernerville. Do you plan to uh, run that event? Yeah. Yeah, Chad will come over, and, um, you know, it'll be nice to see my truck and trailer. I haven't seen it. I think I've seen it <laughs> once this year other than Florida. <laughs> so he'll come over, and then I'll just meet him there, and we'll both be there. Sounds like a good deal. Well, we're coming up uh, yeah. on a break here. Uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, anyone else you'd like to mention or thank? Um, you know, just my whole family, Liz, her family, my family, all my sponsors. Uh, you know, you can't you can't do it without them. That's for sure. Well, John Garvin, Jr., I look forward to seeing you at Lernerville for the Outlaw Show. I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerville Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact fine. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. 
And now, back to more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tom Lang. All right, fans, joining us now is Tom Lang, and we're going to talk drag racing. Tom, good evening. How are you? Uh, good evening, Don. It's a pleasure to join you, as always. I know you have a little bit of old news to catch up on before we get into this weekend's action. Tell us about two friends who faced off at the U.S. Nationals. Don, I wanted to tell this story last week, but I decided to save it, and I'm glad I did. I ran into Tony Fagnelli at Dragway 42 this weekend, and he filled me in on some details we'll make, which will make this little story a lot better. Uh, anybody from this area who's been a fan of drag racing for any amount of time should know the name Jim Babarka, or as he is usually referred to, Jidge. Babarka's been drag racing since the 60s. He was one of the more successful drivers at PID and Keystone in the early days. Uh, he's in both of their hall of, Halls of Fame. He's made quite a name for himself racing in the stock and super stock eliminators on the NHRA Tour. Jidge is a two-time NHRA world champion in super stock, and he's also won the U.S. Nationals. Uh, pretty much the pinnacle of success for a sportsman driver in the sport. When I was a teenager in the 70s, I knew the name Jidge, and I wasn't even that big a fan of drag racing at the time. But the kids I hung out with, we knew who he was. Although I didn't know his name was Jim, Jim Babarka, but I knew of Jidge. He was one of the first people I interviewed when I started writing for Racing's Almost Perfect magazine back in 1989. Bill Truby and I went to Jim's house in Coriopolis for the interview, and I could not believe the number of NHRA Wallies that Jim had. The Wally is the trophy that NHRA awards for wins either in class eliminations or race wins, and Jim's got a bunch of both. Jidge has gone through quite a few different cars in his career. He's been a winner in most of them. In the past 10 years or so, Babarka had gone back to the stock class after many successful years in Superstock. He built a 1969 Camaro, which was close to the same car he ran many years ago. He also acquired one of the first Copo Camaro factory race cars that Chevrolet introduced about eight years ago. While Jim was campaigning the Copo, he still had the 69 Camaro, and he was looking for somebody to drive that car for him while he raced the Copo. That was when Barbarka turned to his new neighbor, Tony Fagnelli. Tony had been a bracket racer locally, and when I met him back in 97, he was racing a top sportsman, which is a dial-in class for the very fast door cars. Uh, Tony was pretty good with the top sportsman car. He won the NHRA Division Three championship in the class, which is quite a feat as it's a very competitive class, and Division Three has a lot of very good racers. Uh, Tony and his wife, Erin, bought a house just a few doors down the street from Babarka a few years back. And although, like any other drag racer from this area, he knew who Jidge was, he had never met him. So one day, Tony just decided to walk down the street to Jim's house, and he introduced himself. Uh, like I was many years earlier, Tony was astounded at the number of Wallies in Jim's basement. The two became good friends. Which is funny, because if you know Tony and you know Jim, other than both being talented drag racers, they really are not that similar in personality. 
Uh, Jim is very low-key, and Tony, well, low-key just does not describe Tony Fagnelli in any way, shape, or form. Despite that, when Jidge wanted a driver for his stalker, Tony fit the bill. Eventually, Tony also bought a Copo, and Babarka tutored him on driving the car. Uh, Tony told me he had always driven a car with a trans brake and a delay box, which neither of those are permitted in the stock class. You have to foot brake those cars. So, so Tony had some work to do to get used to that car. So fast forward to this year's U.S. Nationals, and as Tony tells it, he pulled into the staging lanes for the fourth round of eliminations, not knew it, knowing who he was slated to race. He asked the NHRA official who told him he had car number 1707, which is Jim Babarka. Uh, Tony saw Jidge pull into the lanes. He approached him, asked if he knew who he had. Jim said no, so Tony told him, you got me. <laughs> it happens so often in this sport that friends have to race each other. You know the old line, I may have taught him everything he knows, but I didn't teach him everything I know? Well, it applies here as the old master Babarka had a little over two hundredths of a second in hand off the starting line, and although Tony was closer to his dial, Babarka took the wind light and put Fagnelli on the trailer. Ajit was eliminated in the next round, but to get down to eight cars at Indy is quite a feat. I remember the late, great Neil Bonnet once said, the funny thing about this sport is the way you pay back your friends. You show them the backside of your race car on Sunday. So uh, just a little story from the U.S. Nationals about two friends having to race each other, and uh, I thought our listeners would find it interesting. I find it very interesting. I love that story. And, you know, there was a time back in the 70s where Babarka was doing engines for some of the guys that ran at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Uh, actually, that's how I had first heard of who he was uh, through his talents as an engine builder. And another funny little story he was also very well known for uh, preparing quadrajet carburetors for drag racing. Well, when he got the Copo, that's a fuel-injected car. And when we were doing the Open Throttle 360 TV show, we arranged to do a feature on Jidge, and we met him up at Keystone. And there he is sitting there with a laptop tuning his car, and I mentioned the, the irony of Mr. Quadrajet using a, a laptop to tune his car and... He just told me not to go there, so we didn't. But uh. <clears throat> Now that you've had the opportunity to get back to the racetracks, you've been lucky to be able to attend a couple pretty good races. Where were you this weekend? Well, we were at uh, Dragway 42 for the Heavyweight 8, sponsored by R&R Auto Body, DeServo Construction, and P2 Contracting. Uh, over the course of the of each of the last 10 years, there have been anywhere from 5 to 15 races scheduled in the northern Ohio, western Pennsylvania area for pro-modified cars. Uh, every aspect of life in America has been affected in some way by the current situation regarding the pandemic, and the sport of drag racing is no exception. The closure of Summit Motorsports Park for the season erased seven scheduled races for pro-mods. Uh, with the cessation of the Asphalt War Series at Thompson Raceway Park and the Outlaw 660 Series at Dragway 42, it looked like there would not be one single ProMod race in our area in 2020. Well, Dave Romer from r and Auto Body, along with, his, along with his brothers Joe and Mike, decided they weren't going to let that happen. 
So they called up John DeSerbo, who had partnered with the Roamers to back the Rumble Wars series at Summer Motorsports Park. And they also gave a shout to Kurt Stedding of P2 Contracting. Within four weeks, those calls resulted in the Heavyweight 8, sponsored by R&R Auto Body, DeSerbo Construction, and P2 Contracting at Dragway 42. Total of 14 cars entered the race. Eight of them recorded a sub-four-second ET in the first round of qualifying, which had never happened in any of the Pro Mod races that we've had locally. Uh, the race played, played out like a true heavyweight bout. James Beedling set the early pace with low ET of Q1, running at 3.7244 seconds at over 199 mile an hour. Johnny Camp from Cannonsburg, PA, right behind him with a 373 at 201. Kurt Stedding in the P2 contracting Camaro and Matt Hutter's twin turbo small block rounded out the top four with a 377 and a 378. In Q2, Camp's Proline powered Camaro laid down a 371 at a thundering 202.89 mile per hour, which delivered a knockout punch to Beedling's hopes of earning the $500 low qualifier award from Mike Janna's Superchargers. The camp was the only car of the top eight qualifiers to improve in Q2. There were no surprises in the first round of eliminations as all four of the better qualified cars advanced to the semis. Uh, the first pair in the semis was Stedding versus Beedling, with Stedding holding lane choice by a scant uh, 33 ten thousandths of a second. The margin of victory of that race was even closer. Beedling got the advantage at the start when Stedding had uh, what was rather poor light for him in 053. That's not up to his expectations. Uh, Beedling had uh, 16 hundredths of an edge at the start, coupled with his 376 ET, could not hold off Stedding's quicker 374, resulting in a razor-thin margin of just eight ten-thousandths of a second. That's 0008 at the finish line. Uh, Camp set low ET of the meet in his half of the semis with a 371 to 202 mile per hour, his third uh, run over 202 mile an hour. Uh, unfortunately, Mother Nature scored a TKO when the rain ended the event just as the cars pulled into the staging lanes for the final. As is generally the case when the final round gets rained out, the finalists split the purse. But the real prizes are the trophy and the big check. And all those racers, especially those big checks, those racers want those. Uh, Setting in a camp agreed that they would pair up during testing at the next PDRA race at Galat Motorsports Park October 8th through 10th to decide who gets the hardware. They also agreed that the pairing would be right off, right off the trailer. Neither team would get any kind of shakedown run or a test run beforehand. And uh, after the race, both racers uh, indicated that they thought they are going to prevail and earn possession of that trophy in check. Uh, considering that this race was put together in the span of four weeks, it's rather remarkable how successful it was. Uh, Ron and Marianne Matcham and their staff at Dragway 42 had the facility in tip-top shape. Uh, the track prep was outstanding. Uh, the staff was very accommodating. And C.J. Yeager was absolutely killing it on the mic. Uh, kudos to Race Car Rich for the great job he did running the program. Every round of the Pro Mods was run right on schedule, which is a rare occurrence in this sport. 
Uh, hopefully the success of this event will lead to more of these races at Dragway 42 in the future. I like the way they resolved that uh, Raynott uh, uh, event not being able to be completed. Well, there, there's a lot of times that that will happen. You know, especially rain, of course, will come in. Sometimes it just gets too late and the dew gets on the track. And you're not going to send one of those cars down a track that has dew on it. No. And splitting the purse, well, that's standard procedure. But like I said, that trophy and that check, those guys really want that. And Stedding originally said that they were going to take the check and just cut it in half. And each of them would get half the check. <laughs> yeah, but they still had to decide about the trophy. And since... They both raced PDRA. They knew they were going to be in Galat. I don't know whose idea it was, but it's definitely a winner. And uh, matter of fact, Kurt's daughter, Lily, we shoot some video with her for our P2 Racing TV Facebook page. And she interviewed both racers. And Stedding was a little more uh, boastful about the fact he thought he was going to win. Camp kind of... Don played it a little bit, but, uh, you know, and here's another funny thing. These guys probably live about 15 minutes apart. They're both involved in the construction field. They both got very fast race cars that race in the same class in PDRA, and uh, it's just like a natural rivalry that's building, and uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool, especially the fact they're going to do it straight off the trailer with uh, no test runs or warm-ups or anything like that, so... I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, I'll make sure the, the fans here on Wrapping on Racing know what's going on. All right. Good story. Good report. Good evening. Thank you for being with us. All right. Thank you, Don. This portion of Wrapping on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on Number One Cochrane sales and service, go to Cochrane.com. Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one. Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Wreckers, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales, Farmers Union Co-op, Somerset Trust Company, Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer, Kenny Ross Chevrolet, and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season. Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway Champions, Late Model Champion Albert Francis, Modified Champion Anthony Aiello, Street Stock Champion Casey Flegel, Charger Champion Dale Kimberly, Four Cylinder Champion Jeff Vassos, 
And a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're at Apple Fest at Sharon Speedway, night number one. And joining me is the driver of the number 41 Rush, I guess we call wingless sprints, Jeremy Weaver. Jeremy, welcome to Rapid on Racing. We've had you on in the past, and last year was kind of a, a learning curve for you, you know, coming out of the modifieds, the rush modifieds that you ran for so many years, and then to jump in, into a wingless sprint. And then this year, with COVID and everything that's going on, unfortunately, you haven't had many races. You've told me prior to the interview you've done eight races, but in those eight races, you've won five of them. So let's just tell the listeners where some of the races are and where have you where have you won at. Yeah, uh, we've definitely tried to make the best of the situation that we've been handed. You know, everybody is with COVID-19, and this whole, whole race season has been, you know, pretty upsetting to a lot of people, but... Uh, we've we have had eight races and uh, we've done you know well. We're trying our best this year and winning five. Uh, we won two at Tyler County, one at Lernerville, one at Sharon, and uh, picked up my first win at Tri City a couple of weeks ago. And uh, you know we're just taking it week by week and trying to do our best at each track we go to and just having fun while we're doing it. Jeremy, with the different size tracks, you know you have Tyler County that's you know bank little bull ring then you get to pittsburgh and if you try a city it's a half mile it's a lot different than pittsburgh just for, from the listener standpoint when you get to a smaller track to the larger track is there anything from the driver's standpoint uh, that really makes a difference other than horsepower and here you're limited everybody has the same thing which is a great I think an equal because now it comes down to setup and driver ability. And when you get to the different again sizes, that you know Pittsburgh, it's pretty much you know you put the throttle down and you go. And so much Tri City would be the same thing, even though it's a little bit more I would say technical because it's not as expansive. And when you get down to Tyler County, I mean that's just a complete different uh, uh, creature at all. But 
in the past on the modified, you've all, you and your dad always worked on the car, and now you actually drive for the hulls. And uh, let's tell the listeners, you know, how you got that ride, you know, coming from the modifieds to the sprints. That's usually not a progression that one makes. It might be, that's an odd one. Usually you'll go from a modified to a crate late model or, or, or something like that. So let's tell that story. Yeah, you know, as many people know, Ted was a part of our modified program there for a little bit and just kind of giving me and Dad tips, and he was a very helpful uh, sort of lifeline that we had if we had any questions or, you know, needed help putting something together or how to do this or that. You know, Ted was always there for us, and uh, he had a position open last year that, you know, he wanted to kind of do something different, and he asked me if I would be interested in driving the wingless car for him, and you know that's what we did last year and as soon as I got into that deal with him I knew it was good so that's we're gonna keep doing that and uh, that's what we did this year and pretty much uh, every race we go to uh, Ted you know gives us a great car and he, he has a base a base setup that you know is really working for us so as far as going to big tracks and small tracks not a lot changes as far as the car itself uh, we kind of go into every race with the same mindset that we're there to you know, have fun and try and do the best that we can do and, you know, stay clean and stay out of trouble. And uh, as a driver's standpoint, you know, obviously you have to drive a little bit different for these different kinds of tracks, but uh, it's all kind of the same. The cars do the same things no matter where you're at, but, you know, there are some tracks that are a little bit faster. Some cars, some uh, tracks you get a little bit more sideways or some tracks have more bite, some are slick. So it's all different depending on where you go, but it's pretty much the same ball game no matter where you're at. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Jeremy Weaver. He's the driver of the 41 Rush Wingless Sprint. Jeremy, in the past, you and your dad always maintained a car. Now, you don't own the car. I, I think, who wrenches on it? Is it are the Halls wrenching on it, or do you have it back at your place, and do you and your dad work on it? Uh, I'll walk you through our week-to-week week week setup. Uh, me and dad and my mom will tow the car to the racetrack because of our we have a little bus that we tow with so that's nice for uh, my parents and me to be able to stay on a hot day get in the air conditioning so that's why we tow the car to the racetrack with Ted's trailer uh, so after a, after a race me and dad will take the car home unload it we'll normally wash it and get it cleaned up and then after that the next day we'll take it back to Ted's garage and if there's anything that needs done he'll do it as far as you know he'll sometimes set the car up on blocks and reset ride heights or you know grease everything up make every make sure everything's you know free and not bound up and uh, luckily you know knock on wood we haven't had many many issues uh, so far this year so it's it's pretty much just wash the car you know make sure everything's doing what it's supposed to do and load it back up and go to the next track Probably a little bit different mindset there. Usually you, know, you work on it Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, depending upon where you're racing. But listen, what we're going to do, we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be back shortly. This portion of Wrapping On Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. 
They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission, just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now, more Rapid on Grayson with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're back, and and joining me is Jeremy Weaver. Jeremy, for the first part of the interview, we talked about just the procedures that you do with the rush wingless sprint. But, you know, coming from, like I said, we talked earlier, coming from the modifieds to this series, and one of the things that I ask a lot of drivers so many of you have had the background in go-karts. And I know like the Mike Peggers, Max Blair. It, it, and I really believe with those that small, tight steering, and it, it has a big advantage, whether it's big cars or small cars now. It, it seems like you guys adapt it. And you, know, you did well when the modified, but it, it just to me... For you to have the season that you're having this year, and this is what I, one of the questions I'm going to really ask you is, what has made, under that experience, and again, we, I always talk about this, whether it's Brandon Shepard, Kyle Larson, the more time that you can have behind a wheel of anything to gain experience and to gain sights and, and angles and entries, there, there is no substitute that. So, you know, last year I'm assuming... Your rookie year, I don't want to say you made rookie mistakes, but that was a learning process. And now you and then with the Halls having a notebook together, they just have a a vast information, whether it's actually physically in a notebook or up in the head, to provide you with that. And I think, obviously, the results are there, five wins and eight races. Yeah, uh, like you said about the go-karts, and you you mentioned how that, could definitely be something that you get to lean back on being in these wingless sprint cars as an advantage and i definitely agree Uh, i think the go-kart background uh has definitely helped me transition you know to the to the wingless cars because they are there's there's very uh there's very many similarities with them all and uh it's it's also a blessing to have have 
the knowledge with Ted and Cal, like you said, there's a notebook there, and they they have everything together. Like there's no, they don't scratch their head and think about things. You know, those two work together, and they have so much knowledge through the years that they just they know, you know, pretty much everything there is to know about setting these cars up and building them and making them work and get to that five out of eight wins. So I mean, for them, it's just. You know, it's a payoff of the years of experience and hard work that they've put in. So I'm glad to to uh, give them, you know, what they pretty much deserve. You know, Ted's always had winning race cars, and this is this is pretty much just another year for him. But uh, I'm glad that it's turning out to to be, you know, good. And uh, you said last year how we were uh, a rookie season, first year in a wingless sprint car, and that's that's just it. You know, it's all experience, like you said, experience. You're not going to beat that. And uh, we we finished. Uh, four second four times last year and I think now with just a whole another year of experience just another season we've turned those seconds into wins just on you know things that we've learned to to not do and not even not even the car it's it's me you know I've developed a lot over the past year and I've you know learned things myself and that's how we've been able to contribute on some of these on some of these wins from Jeremy's standpoint this year again as a driver you'd race as much as you could. If you could race three days a week, you'd do it. With what we've dealt with across the nation years this year with, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic, again, as we had mentioned earlier, we've only been out to eight races. From a driver's standpoint, how difficult is that for you? Because I see you at racetracks, but you're just there as the fan in the stands and not the driver. And you're much like me. I'll go anywhere to watch a race, but it's just, it's got to be difficult because you see perhaps the crate late models racing more, or perhaps the modifieds, or be it whatever it is, and not to be behind the wheel of the car. On, in this case, it's not even a weekly basis. It almost seems like you, maybe you're getting in every two weeks you're getting a race in yeah you know it's it's frustrating and it really is and everybody is frustrated there's nobody that is happy with what's going on this year so uh I, we all just kind of have to work together and realize that this isn't ideal for anyone so as far as the the modifieds have raced you know 15 times this year we've raced eight but that's nobody's fault like that's a lot of people are blaming the series and saying that you know we need to do different things and i, I think the series is doing just fine and uh, we need to give them our support, you know, more now than we ever have because everybody's hurting. And, you know, it's just a bad year for all the racers, too. A lot of racers can't afford to, to come out and race as much as they could. And, you know, some guys have only raced, you know, once this year, twice. And I know, you know, a couple people, my uncle, for instance, run a big block, he took off this year because he was just too busy with work and it was a hard year for the plant and he just thought it'd be best not to race at all. So, I think after this year, things will straighten around and we'll get to race more and everybody will, you know, go back to their normal race. And uh, I won't have to be that fan in the stands anymore because that is definitely a difficult thing to do. I think it also makes it tough as we talk about, we forget that in, in, in Pennsylvania, we opened up in June and we've had been very fortunate to pretty much race nonstop as, as, you know, through this interview. But as we sit here at Sharon Speedway, I think they got maybe three races in this year. And that was supposed to be a home track for your series. So when you do that, yes, you're not going to race. But you know, every time I walk through the pits, and you know, we talked about Ted and Cal as, as you know, car owners and what they do. But I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, you know we talked about your dad. And you, know, you guys are just typical father and son. I've seen the good and I've seen the bad. And uh, 
But dear mom, I mean, she's one in a million. Uh, she's a trooper. She's there as much as she can be there. She's always been there for you. So, and you're, you know, your parents are just your biggest supporter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody knows that my dad is there. You know, there's no secret that it's been me and dad, you know, through the whole racing career and that he's always the one that's helped me, you know, get to the racetrack and wrench on the cars. And, he, he you know, he does whatever is needed to do for me to have a successful racing career. And uh, I got to give my mom some props. You know, a lot of people, you know, kind of sleep on the fact that you know she's even at the races sometime and you know she can she does everything that she possibly can medically and physically but uh this, this season has really been uh has really shown me what you know she is interested in and capable of doing with my racing because i've went off to college and uh, i'm at college you know every monday through friday and working on schoolwork every day so i can't come home and wash the car or wash tires or grind tires or wrap tires or anything like that so my mom has has done that my dad will wash the car and she'll wash the tires and and wrap them and you know it takes more than it takes two people to load that car so both of my parents have have been kind of doing it all and you know some people would say well that's pretty spoiled of me to be able to just to show up to the racetrack but I got to go through college and do what I got to do, you know. It's you know, some things are more important than coming to the racetrack or working on a race car. So my parents have definitely both stepped up huge, you know, here to get things ready for me and uh, get them to Ted so he can get the car ready. So I just I, I got to thank my parents always. You know, they're they're some of the first people I thank every race. Jeremy, just uh, in conclusion on a couple things. One, you know, we talked about mom and dad, but now you've driven go-karts you've driven a, a rush modified now you're into wingless sprints and you're, you're you're a young man is there any aspirations and again a lot of this has to do with time finances and you know once you get through four years of college and you get out to the world world you'll begin to see things are a lot different and how nice it is what you have now but in a perfect world what would jeremy say i mean i want to if I could progress to the next step, I would maybe want to go into a, a, a wingless sprint or I'd want to go into a late model or maybe go back into the modifieds. Uh, if I, like you said, if it was a perfect world and finances or anything like that wasn't an issue, I would have been in a 410 sprint car yesterday. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's just how it is. That's That's been my dream, you know, for a couple years now is to get into the 410 sprint car division. And now that we're kind of, you know, having a decent year with the wingless car and finally getting some wins, you know, we're doing all right. Guys have asked, you know, why don't you move into a 410? And I always joke around. I say, as soon as I get the paycheck, I'll, I, you know, I'll be heading that way. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's my dream to run a 410. And, uh, I just don't want to do anything uncompetitively, you know, and it's so hard to, to win in a 410. You know, you have to have, you know, financial help, and that's something that, you know, maybe someday I'll get. Maybe somebody will see one of these races and say, hey, you know, that, you know I'd love to let you drive my 410 one time, and, you know, things go from there. But right now, I'm focused completely on tonight's race at Applefest Nationals, night number one with Ted Hall, and we're going to try and win this wingless race. And uh, that's, you know, I just owe it to Ted and Cal to completely, you know, devote myself to what, what they're doing for me and so that that would be my dream in a perfect world, but I'm focused on the wingless car right now. We have Ted and Cal, mom and dad. Does anybody else help you around the shop? Probably not. 
Uh, no, Ted, Ted has some guys that help him throughout the week. Uh, his friend Norman comes out and helps us every now and again on the car. And uh, Ted, you know, Ted lives there in Oil City with the garage doors open. And I, you know, sometimes I'm not there. So there are pe people drive by and beep all the time. And I'm sure he has lots of people that come in and help. And I really appreciate that. Even the people that, you know, you don't hear about or their name isn't on the car, you know. There are people like that. Uh, all the sponsors on the car, I, I can't thank them enough because, you know, without all them and my parents and Ted and Cal and grandparents, you know, everything, I wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it. So everybody works together. I have to laugh. I was watching a segment uh, on one of the uh, Facebook pages with Bonnie Kreitz, and uh, he's retired. And he got Lance Louise driving for him, but he says it's a two-car garage. It's nothing spectacular, and he says he has the guys like you said. The garage door is open. He says they're all over seventy. They're all retired. They come in, and and I think the one guy might even be seventy-eight, and he only gets there a couple of times a year. But they have fun. But just to wrap it up, let's talk about some of the sponsors that you have, Jeremy. Oh yeah, right now uh, the big sponsor on the side of the car you see is Gary Glass Automotive and uh, that's a, a garage and that Ted worked for and his good friend Gary Glass owns it and uh, I, Ted doesn't work there anymore but Gary uh, still you know, comes to the races and cheers us on and uh, I feel like he's always been a big part of Ted's race cars. Uh, Ted has the Washington House on the car. The Washington House is a really good restaurant to go to if you want some good wings or any good food. Uh, it's in Freiburg, I believe. Uh, great, great restaurant to have on the car. I appreciate their help. Uh, some of my sponsors are Lakeview Fertilizer. That's our family business. J&J uh, &J Sours, H&H &H Materials, Supreme Manufacturing, Slipper Rock Materials. Um, just some really great sponsors. Franklin Rear End helps us out. You know, they they put out some great product for us. Uh, I really hope I'm not forgetting S&W Auto Body. The do really good paint work for our cars. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but you know, everybody on the car. And like I said, there's some people that you know aren't on the car that they they know who they are. They just help us out a ton, and I appreciate everybody. Well, Jeremy, th thank you for taking time from a, a busy weekend that you got planned here, and uh, we'll look forward to your results tonight at Apple Fest night number one, and hopefully, maybe hopefully, we'll be six for nine with that 41 in victory lane. I really hope so. I appreciate it. Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one. Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Wreckers, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales, Farmers Union Co-op, Somerset Trust Company, Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer, Kenny Ross Chevrolet, and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season. Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway Champions, late model champion Albert Francis, modified champion Anthony Aiello, street stock champion Casey Flegel, charger champion Dale Kimberly, four-cylinder champion Jeff Vassos, and a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. 
Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're at the Schwartzmiller Garage, and joining us me tonight is Kale Schwartzmiller. Kale, we've had you on a, a few years ago, and we have watched you grow in your go-kart career. And last year, you and your dad ventured out, uh, and I guess it's the Vegas series, if I'm wrong, correct me, and... That involved a, a lot of traveling, which, you know, myself, uh, I think I'm pretty knowledgeable in a lot of things, but these go-karts, I mean, not so much this year, but you can travel all, all up and down the United States, and, and you did that, you elected to do that, you, had, you were successful there, but, you know, you're racing against guys that are just, uh, I don't want to say they're like full-time go-kart people, but they really, it's a serious business for them, where, you know, for yourself and for your dad, it's just kind of a hobby that, you know, you, something that you guys love to do, but in this crazy year of 2020, none of us really got started in, until June, and that meant where the tracks that you normally would run, which would be Schaefer's Raceway down in Aliquippa, and then obviously Slippery Rock Raceway up in Slippery Rock. Again, they got late, late starts too, but you've had a pretty good year. So let's tell the listeners you know, how many times you went out and how successful you've been. Well, uh, we've only been out 11 times this year. Uh, every week we've gone to Schaefer's and then Slippery Rock, and we had one other race out in Ohio at uh, Martinsville Speedway. Uh, we've won 8 out of 11 this year. Uh, I finished second at Schaefer's, a third at Schaefer's, and then finished fourth out at Martinsville. But, uh, we're 4 for 4 at Slipper Rock so far this year, so, uh, we're hoping to keep it that way. Those are like some Kyle Larson's numbers there, I mean, you know, win, 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 but... Back in January, Kyle, we were at the Pittsburgh Circle Track Club banquet, and your dad got an award, and... In the middle of that award, Jerry Schaefer yelled out something. And I've known your dad for quite some time, and it caught me off guard, and it caught your dad off guard. And so let's just tell the listeners what that was, and then we're going to get kind of, we're going to kind of leap forward six months to when I had my interview with Jerry back in June. He reiterated something that he said in January. Um, so during that, during that interview that Dad was doing or that award ceremony, Jerry yelled out that he wanted to put me in a junior sprint to run a few races this year. Uh, forum is just kind of test and see, see if I like to do it, and I was 100% on and loved the opportunity. And then I remember six months ago that uh, 
you had Jerry on the show, and uh, Jerry reiterated that he wanted to put me in it this year, and uh, you, I think you were the first one that got the official confirmation from him. And actually, I found out by the interview, and then uh, we talked to Jerry about it, and he was 100% on board. Yeah, it was kind of neat. As, you know, as I was interviewing Jerry, he, you know, he mentioned about what we had talked about, what he had promised you in January, and I made a, a phone call to your dad, and I said, well, I'm not going to tell you the information. I said, I'm going to make you listen to it on Rap and on Race because it's an exclusive, and that was the opportunity for you to, to jump in one of the... Uh, the, the Schaefer rides, and you know, and everybody knows Jerry Schaefer. He's just truly, you know, ambassador for all forms of racing. More so with the modified knowledge, he's been helping out yourself and some other people in the junior sprints. But you've had an opportunity now to go two nights out in the junior sprints. The first one was up at Tri City, and we'll just kind of that was just a growing pains night. We'll just uh, we'll leave it at that one. But you, you had in a big track too, and not knowing anything about the junior sprints and listeners from a go-kart to a junior sprints it's as different as black and white there's there's the only similarity is it has four round wheels that's about it uh and so you struggled that first night out and then uh a week or so ago you made the trek up to hummingbird and everybody just loves to go to hummingbird and you were very competitive but you also learned some things too and again You've had years with the go-karts going from your, you know, an age of, say, seven or eight up to now 13 that you, that you are. So, so you, I don't want to say like you're a savvy veteran in the go-karts, but you've kind of, you understand it a little bit better. Into this junior sprint, it's a whole different ballgame. Oh, absolutely. Uh, up at Tri-City, we, we took a learning curve and uh, we settled, settled in and then, uh, Hummingbird, after we had uh, made some adjustments to the cart and changed a few things to try to get more competitive, I uh, finished third in my heat race and started on the outside pool for the feature and uh, got out to the lead early, and I believe I led the first eight laps out of ten, and we had a caution come out, and... That darn caution. Yeah, and uh, after that caution, I... Uh, something happened where we just kind of... We lost a little bit of our, our, our momentum, and... Uh, they, uh, the top, the three behind me, just both all drove right around me on the outside. But uh, it was definitely, definitely good to be competitive, and uh, I definitely like running it. It's, uh, it's fun, and, but it's a whole different ball game that uh, I learned, and uh, I'm gonna have to adapt to it. But uh, I'm excited for it. The fun part is with you know you guys and the young guns. You're, you're super competitive on the track, and, and they probably laughed about it when you got into pits. That I, I think from the video that I saw, you left a little opening, and uh, I think Kale's got to put that in his notebook for the next time because uh, they just freight trained you, and they probably ribbed you about it and you know, took you out of a podium finish. But, Kale, one thing I want to ask you, when you're ultra-competitive in one form of racing, and we're going we're gonna to say the go-kart, because that's what you've been doing for years and you've had such success with it this year as you've had in years past, jumping into something that's totally different. And and again, I can maybe relate this to your dad where he ran for years and years in a pro stock division and then you jump up into a crate late model. His learning curve as we're currently at the garage, it's it's every race and it, it continues. And I'm sure, you know, you've only had two under your belt, but, you know, from someone that used to winning and when all of a sudden you have, like, what you had at Tri-City, which was just like, oh, boy, 
uh, to where you, you learn at Hummingbird, your perspective on preparation and things you have to do has a whole different ball game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it really hit me hard after uh, at Tri-City whenever we uh, just came from Slippery Rock that day and I went there and I won at Slippery Rock and then to go to Tri-City and finish seventh, it kind of put things into reality for me that I wasn't just going to dominate like I could in the go-kart and uh, that it was going to take some time and some some things to learn such as experience and uh, how, to, how to run these things and uh, what what to do within them. So, uh, But I think we're slowly starting to figure that out and uh, after Hummingbird, we're happy with where we finished and uh, we're getting more competitive in that class so uh, we can't wait to see what else the rest of the year holds. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Kale Schwartzville and what we're going to do is we're going to take a commercial break and we'll be back shortly. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, PowerTech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. Listeners, we're back, and joining us is Kale Schwartzmiller. And for the first part of the interview, Kale, we talked about what you were doing so far in, in, in 2020. And let's just now talk about things that you want to do. Uh, and we're going to start with um, some of the, your future plans. Uh, well, to the remainder of the year, we uh, definitely want to get the Junior Sprint out a few more times uh, within the series. Uh, for the junior sprints and then hopefully get it out a few more times just uh individually at blanket hill or goods or somewhere that we can get a few laps in so uh next year at the end of this year we can uh maybe hopefully get a win in the uh, junior sprints and then for the go-kart uh continue to do slippery rock and shafers uh and then hopefully at the end of the year we can hit some of the bigger shows and uh do some traveling and maybe uh hopefully hit little old door at the end of the year in, in the junior sprints, Cal, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct. There's two divisions. There's a, we call a stock division, which is pretty much a bare bones bait motor that you, you purchase, you put in, and everybody, it's much like the crate late motor in a, in a rush series. It's, you really can't tamper with it. Then you have the open motor, which is unlimited, and them babies rip. I've, I've had an opportunity to one of your guys in the series, Sam Darby. I mean, he's running that thing like, you know, over 60 mile an hour, which is, you know, pretty crazy. So do you see next year, especially since you're going to be 14, that this year was a year of learning, and then next year maybe, because of your go-kart background, you can definitely handle the speed in the go-karts. I don't know if the go-karts go quite that quick, but that 
it, it probably seems that way because you're, you know, you guys are running 40, but you're like, you know, two inches off the ground. Uh, so do you think maybe next year that you'll jump into the, you know, put an open motor in? Uh, hopefully. Uh, right now, I believe that's the plan with uh, Jerry and the junior sprint, but uh, that's what we're hoping for. And uh, I'd definitely like to get there on the open motors. I feel like it'd be a, a little bit more close to the go-kart. And uh, uh, I love the speed, so anything that makes me go fast, I'll do. Well, if you're, if you're in Jerry Schaefer's world, what does he always say? Don't lift. Don't, that is correct. So you've been around racing your entire life, and you've, you've spent countless hours traveling up and down the road with your dad and in the shop. We, we just talked about what your long-range plans were for this year, which there's not much left this year. But you know, you're going to be 14, and some of your buddies uh, out there, you know, Leighton Wagner and uh, the young, what's his name? Uh, huh? no, no, number nine. In the, Levi Yetter. Yeah, Levi Yetter. Yeah, Kenny Sheldbrand's nephew, 14 years of age. They're doing remarkable for what they're doing. So I know your long-range goal is, as we're sitting here in the shop, I'm looking at the 28S up on jack stands, and I know that's where you want to be. Ultimately, everybody wants to be in a super late model, but you know we always have to take baby steps first. So when do you envision? Now, you keep growing, so I'm waiting for that next growth spurt. I don't know when it's going to come, but uh, hopefully maybe it happens over the winter to where we can get you into that car. And ultimately, I think that will be a, a, it's a goal of your dad's. It will take some pressure off of him because now it will be, you know, he's Kale Schwartzmiller's dad. You know, it's not Bob Schwartzmiller, the race car driver. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I... I'd love to get in the in the crate late any time that I could, and uh, I'm hoping that I hit that growth spurt over the over the winter and uh, gain a few more inches so that I can uh, see over the see over the uh, dash now. And we're we're getting to the point where I can reach the pedals, but uh, we we might have to put some books underneath me to uh, get over the dash. Hey, Rico Abreu does it in the sprint car, so maybe we can do it in the crate late model for Kale. Absolutely, I Rico I. Always, always used to judge how tall he was, and I finally passed him up last year, so I started thinking, well, we could do it for me now. As you've been on this adventure for now probably eight to nine years, your mom and dad and your sister have always been your biggest supporters. And I'll go back, and I'll throw your grandparents in there, too. Uh, they're not around anymore, and it's, you know, that's, that's always tough, but... Uh, how, 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 I, I know you as Kale, uh, you're such a fine young man. How important is it to have them around and for them to give you the support that they do? Oh, it's absolutely huge. Uh, they're, they're all my biggest supporters, and uh, Rachel and Mom are also my biggest critics, but uh, they'll, they'll tell me what I do wrong, but also they'll, they'll support me unconditionally. And uh, Dad, Dad will always do anything for me. He can take me up and down the East Coast going car racing, and uh, He'll always support me, but having them behind me has been huge. As they always support and never really give up on me. And uh, we could have a we could have a bad run or two, and uh, they they won't give up on me. And uh, they'll continue to uh, support me and let me do what I want within the kart racing. And uh, uh, I, it's been so thankful for that. It's a Tuesday as we're doing this interview, and I know in the Schwartzmiller realm, that's always the day that you work on 
on the cars or in the go-karts. And I know your dad has taught you to work on the carts because you're just not the guy that brings the helmet and jumps in the car and races. The only way you're going to learn and be able to communicate with your dad or with a crew chief, whoever that's going to be, or if you're when the day comes when you're going to jump into a crate late battle and you can pick up the phone and call Mike Pager and say, this, you know, this is what I'm experiencing, those people are going to be that much more helpful to you. Oh, absolutely. And uh, with, with working on the car, I feel like it's a, it's a huge thing that even within the go-kart, it's not super similar within the, the work that you do on a late model as much, but I feel like to have the work ethic and being able to work on your own stuff is going to be huge. Is I don't really like to show up and just get in the car. I feel that I need to learn and know what the car's doing at all times on the track so that I can come in and make those adjustments or call Pager and tell them this is what I'm feeling so that then we can work on improving and do, do stuff from there. But also in the crate late model now, you're coming in, I don't want to say you're your dad's crew chief, but you're setting tire pressures, you're doing certain things, he's allowing you to do things at the shop, and that's the only way you're going to learn. Sometimes we make mistakes, like we might left the, the shock bolt off, but we've all done that once or twice before, and uh, it happens, and that's part of racing. But, you know, just to, to wrap things up, you know, we've talked about your year this year, what you're going to want to do in the future, mom and dad and the people that help you and if there are anybody else other than mom dad and rachel jake gunn anybody else oh uh yes jake gunn uh he he always helps whenever he can and he's not racing he's always up at slippery rock with us uh mike tinney uh he's he's dad's crew chief and he helps me unconditionally here on the cart and he's uh he's excited for the junior sprint uh matt cost uh, another one that helps us chris salverno rick rufinak uh all these people help us. Uh, KBR helps us out tremendously. Keith and Brody with the go-kart. Uh, they've helped us out tremendously over the past two years and uh, really have taught me a lot. Uh, last year, actually, once a week in the summer, I would go out there and uh, Brody would help me, on, help me on washing the cart and he would really teach me a lot. So now that luckily this year I can do one of my carts on my own here at the shop. And uh, so I, I have a lot of people to thank and that have always helped me along the way. Now, speaking of people to thank, let's talk about some of the sponsors that are on the go-kart and on the junior sprint, Kale. Oh, on the go-kart, I had to thank FK Rod Ends, MPI Steering Wheels, uh, Max Pappas out at MP, or, uh, PRI this year uh, gave me an awesome experience. He gave me, uh, he had me give some feedback on the wheel at, at uh, PRI. He let me hold it and stuff, and after giving some feedback, he uh he was very uh, grateful for it, so he actually gave me a free wheel that I use on the go-kart now, and uh, they're, they're very good. They take all the vibrations out, and uh, a few times last year, my hands started cramping up, and it, it, I didn't like that, so this year, luckily, we haven't had that happen at all with the MPI wheel, and then on top of that, I have to thank Walker Air Filtration, Schwarzmiller Ground Maintenance, uh, Alternative Power Sources, Sylvan Easler was huge when I started racing. He's the reason I am where I am today. If it wasn't for him, I would have never started kart racing. And uh, I have to thank Steel City Mower and Plow, Phelps Nursery, Ultra Graphics, Berg Dental, Animal Signs and Graphics, Fotovich Trucking, and Total Image Autosport. And then here on the Junior Sprint now, we have to thank uh, Jerry Rents and uh, Jerry Schaefer Racing for uh, giving me the opportunity. Well, Cal, it's been great having you as a guest on Wrapping on Racing, and we're going to continue to watch what happens the rest of the year. I know 
the season's almost over for go-karts, and I think there's a few handful more races in the uh, junior sprints. And I know I'll be seeing you uh, turning some wrenches there when you're when the 28.8 crate late models out there. And maybe if maybe maybe if we if we can stretch you a little bit, or you have that growth spurt over winter, so maybe you can ask Santa Claus to uh, give you about six more inches, and uh, we'll be able to maybe take a little pressure off your dad for next year, and and, and we can see Kale behind the. Uh, that crate late model next year, how great would that be? Oh, that'd be awesome. I, I'm just waiting to get in it because I can't wait for it, to be honest. Best of luck the rest of the year, Kale. Thank you, Dave. Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one. Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Wreckers, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales, Farmers Union Co-op, Somerset Trust Company, Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer, Kenny Ross Chevrolet, and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season. Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway champions, late model champion Albert Francis, modified champion Anthony Aiello, street stock champion Casey Flegel, charger champion Dale Kimberly, four-cylinder champion Jeff Vassos. And a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter, Rapid on Racing. Car number 32, Brent Trumbull is your fast track winner. Coleman second. Ball and Angelino. Paint by Grover. New finish collision center. On time body and graphics. Brian da Daniel Racing. WG Motorsports. Put her in gear, Brent. He's out of the car. Let's give a round of applause. Brent, welcome back. It's been about two decades. You were driver for the Hassey house car team last time you got to go to Victory Lane here at Lake Trope. Here you are tonight. Great late model win. And I'll tell you what, this car is definitely hooked up. And I know the big tracks aren't your forte, but man, you were you were definitely fast tonight. Yeah, we usually usually struggle on a big track, but uh, I had just a little bit of asked a few questions around, and Troy Shields helped me get a little bit on gear, and we made a gear change after the heat race, and the car just it come to life. We picked all our speed up that we needed, and it handled good like the heat, so I, I was pleased with it. Now, this year you've been bouncing between this WG Motorsports 32 and the Tom Crow um, number 32 Super Late. Is that hard? harder when you get back into the crate car because it's a slower car just trying to remember it's not going to react as fast 
No, they kind of run the same. Just the speeds a tick slower, but just the I, we we don't mind it. Just it's a lot of work during the week when we run it. But we're gonna run it tomorrow and might run this one too. I don't know. See if we can get them both up there. <laughs> We're going to see you here uh, next week as our season comes to a close next Saturday night. Yeah, we'll be back. Now's a chance for you to go ahead and thank everybody who helps make your race impossible. Oh, John, Wendy, uh, my wife, and Diane's here. My dad, he ain't made it all summer, so uh, we can get on him now. But just uh, Brian Daniels helps us with the motor and stuff. And uh, uh, that's really that's really about it. New finish, if you have any uh, painting car needs of any kind, you can go see John there. Now, don't go far, Brent, because here to present you with your feature winner, Trophy Gianna. And uh, let's give a round of applause our Fast Track Great Late Model feature winner tonight, Mr. Brent Tremble. Adrenaline, cover to cover. Three great magazines have become one excellent monthly racing publication, Dirt Monthly Magazine. You'll get more features, more pictures, and more short track racing action in a new, massive, more than 150-page Dirt Monthly Magazine. Combining the best of Dirt Late Model, Dirt Modified, and Flat Out magazines to create a bigger and better full-color monthly magazine with exclusive sections for each type of dirt track racing into this one monthly publication. Dirt Monthly will also include a special Street Stock and Weekend Warrior section. Dirt Monthly is all things dirt track racing. Exclusive features, loads of full-color photos, driver interviews, tech articles, and big event recaps, all in the one more than 150-page full-color magazine. For more information, contact 3Wide Media at 888-806-4611 or 3WideMedia.com. Picking up his second win of the year with the 358s. Let's give a round of applause for John Lee. I wore out. <laughs> John? If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. Well, you took that to the next level. You actually went and took the motor out of the car, put it in the steel block, the 358, and here you are. You talked about you wanted to win here at Latro. Well, I got to tell you, congratulations, John. You are now a winner here at the Latro Speedway. Yeah, I can't believe it. Me and my buddy Rich back there, these cars are practically the same, and it's pretty even racing between me and him. I guess I just outdrove him a little bit tonight. <laughs> now, earlier we talked, and you mentioned that Rich was on vacation, I think. You actually drove that 2T two, two and picked up a win. And uh, not a bad weekend for him. He won a, cha won a feature last night, won a championship, and, you know, you couldn't let him have all the glory. So you came out here tonight and picked up a career-first win here at Lake Trope. But this has to be rewarding. I mean, you guys, you and your team, and no matter what it is, if you can get the car together, you're going to go race. And, and that's just showing. Last night, this was a super. This morning, you had it in the motor power plant out, and you're putting in the 358. You just love racing that much. Yeah, I do. It wasn't just the motor swap. I mean, we had to change shocks. There was a bunch that went with it. We we're going we to have to run a non-adjustable shock. Uh, There's just a lot, too. I can't thank everybody that helps me enough. What about the sponsors that help? make this winning ride possible i know earlier this year you lost your primary car and you got a hold of russ king and you guys built this new xr1 in about a i don't know two three weeks span two weeks and uh you came back and and i'll tell you what this this new car has been unbelievable yeah it's pretty good we've been struggling a little bit in the super with engine problems and didn't get to run a whole lot this year but definitely is nice to come out here tonight and pick this one up
Now's a chance for you to go ahead and thank the crew by name as well as the sponsors. And what do you think of the big half mile here at Lake Trope? I know your forte used to be the short tracks. <laughs> oh, I love it here. Not a, not as not quite as fun as the super. Super's a lot, definitely a lot faster and more fun, but this is all right. <laughs> hey, you got $1,200 for the win tonight. Um, Accela Racewear did a $25 gift certificate for the hard charger, and I believe they did one for the race winner. So I know you're getting the, at least one of the $25 gift certificates. Not a bad night's pay here, I would say. No, no, it really helps out after the year we've had. Thank the fans. Yep, thank everybody for coming out here and watching this show tonight. Let's give a round of applause for the Mahaffey Missile himself, John Lee here in Victory Lane. Stone Speedway proudly presented Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all.